I don't know, Shadi, what, where, where are you coming out on this? On sources of renewal, um, <clears throat> well, that kind of brings us back to regime type because I, I generally believe that democracies are the ones that are capable of renewal. It may not seem like that immediately in the short run. And we hand ring about the weaknesses of our democracies these days. But I think the fundamental insights still hold over the longer, over the longer haul. Um, I guess I'm more and more preoccupied with this division. And perhaps it was Joe Biden himself who inserted this into my mind because he made this into one of his, one of his recurring themes from the beginning of his presidency when he said, the defining struggle of our time will be the battle between democracies and, and autocracies. And I suppose I'm slightly more optimistic about America's future in light of recent events, that we can find some of those sources of renewal, in part because I think we, and I maybe should be careful about how I put this, but or maybe I shouldn't. No. <laughs> Go on. What do you want? Laughter? Go on. <laughs> I just how, didn't how hear anything. So how, how, preg how pregnant a pause do you want, Shadi? This one, this one's about no, to give really, birth. Come on. It was it was very dramatic. Yeah, it was very dramatic. I just I started to get worried that the connection had cut out because I didn't on, hear anything. Go on. Go on. <gasps> so, um, look, I. Human beings need an enemy. So this comes back to the darkness that we all have within ourselves. There's something in our human nature, however we want to describe that, whether it comes from God, whether it comes from society, whatever. But I think it's there. And because we have this desire to be in opposition to something, I think that having an external enemy, while not ideal, because it can be dangerous and it can lead to xenophobia at home, and we saw that, for example, after 9-11, as it was directed towards Islam and Muslims. So this desire to find an all-encompassing enemy is dangerous, but it's particularly dangerous when the enemy isn't real. So my criticism of post 9-11 is that it was nonsensical for Islam or Islamism or certain kinds of Muslims or terrorism. You know, terrorism can't be an enemy. It's not, it's, it's a noun, so on and so forth. So I don't think we should create enemies where they don't exist, but I think it's okay to have enemies where they do exist. And the Russian regime, um, just to be specific about that, um, is one of those unmistakable enemies and the Chinese regime. And as if we're able to refocus our attention on that, on that existential longer term threat, it may be it may be healthier for us as Americans because it puts things into perspective. First of all, it's just silly now to think that critical race theory is an existential threat to America when the real existential threat is China and Russia. Or that's why I don't feel comfortable talking about wokeness as a major topic, at least for the time being, because it matters, it's important, but it is not existential. Yeah. Or it's not directly existential. You make certain arguments. If wokeness takes over everyone, then we won't be able to like fight wars effectively. That's an interesting argument. I don't think we're quite there yet. That's Tom Cotton's argument. That's what he's arguing now. 
That it's, oh, yeah? He's, yeah. Okay. He's saying that, you know, keep this shit out of our militaries, for example. Like, it's fine, whatever, argue about it, but like... No yeah, way. yeah. But, but um, you know, what's interesting there, though, is that, that again, you're, you're more or less in my register here, but you're also in this, like, weird political register, which I, which I, I don't really play in. Like, I, I expect our politicians to do that sort of stuff, to, to say, you know, basically, we need an enemy, so now I'm going to come up with this beautiful rhetorical frame, autocracy versus democracy. I just don't find, personally... On you know between the three of us, no one else is listening. Obviously, uh, I I just don't find that fulfilling because I don't I'm not sure it really matters. And actually, I think it skirts very much what Sam's getting at, which is those are not the sources of renewal. The sources of renewal are elsewhere, not in this kind of setting up an enemy. I think setting up an enemy is good, and quite frankly, I you know I I'm 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 trying to sort of basically uh, map out what the future for Europe looks like, which I think you know, uh, needs to be uh, one of understanding that there's going to be basically a, a, you know, a, a perpetual, you know, not even cold, but a lukewarm war on their, uh, on their Eastern Front. And, uh, you know, gaming that out, what does that mean for all sorts of things? Um, I think... But, know, that, but, but, but that uh, argument, hmm. but see, that argument will need someone like Joe Biden to make up some bullshit about democracies and autocracies and 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 uh, make some sort of sweeping case that will make our hearts flutter and, like, make a sacrifice for these things. Uh, I, I just don't think the, those are... I don't think they're, they're, they're per perhaps perfectly adequate political tools. I just don't think they tell us anything. And, okay. And it's different from what Sam was getting at about renewal. No, no, but look, civilizations need to believe in themselves. They need to believe that they have something worth fighting for. And myths. Whatever. I mean, you can no, call no, them not myths whatever, or not whatever. Well, no, not whatever. I think that's exactly the point. That's exactly <laughs> the, the breaking point. I don't think you believe they're myths. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm, Maybe you're just... You just like talking this way in public for the public intellectual no. audience because you want to you want to make them believe. But go back to your religious talk about about fallen human beings and 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 purity versus versus corruption. I think you know that because that's all you can actually I think hang it on. Okay, bef before before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we seemed feckless, we seemed decadent. So when we talk about where we find sources of renewal. It's also about how we fight decadence to go back to some of our conversations with, with Ross Douthat, that um, I, we need to be awoken from our stupor. And that was a problem that I was very much concerned about, that we would have been in this endless decadent repetition, as Ross would have argued. Now I think, the, I think there's a better chance for us to be revived and to to be like okay there is something worth fighting for and it's not our fellow americans and if we can stop focusing on our fellow americans as the existential threat it gives us a better shot that's not that's not just about having an enemy though exactly i mean the enemy is a condition for understanding what's distinctive about your society and i think this does get actually like directly to what i was trying to work out for myself in the essay which is um, you know, what is it for America to still to have a kind of self-confidence to it to itself, but w in which it understands its own finitude, that it doesn't actually, and, and I think, I mean, this is something that I think all three of us share, which is a, a little bit of a misgiving or an aversion to the kind of bland talk about rationalism, where people just say, no, no, here's, here are the only respectable rules on which you're able to play. Like, 
I'm not sure that that's ever been true. And I think that is a kind of grandiosity that the way that America does it just ought, need to be the background rules for everyone. I think I think that that's that, that's that's foolish in a in a certain way. But what I'm interested in is whether we'll we'll find ourselves in an era where there's a kind of international pluralism that's just acknowledged and kind of held with both. I mean, both the kind of tools that Demir is talking about, which which involve like kind of hard power and a calculus, but also um, a, a kind of recognition that there are different ways of, of going about adult life. And I mean, Demir already talked about this, but the um, Svetlana Alexievich book, uh, Secondhand Time, is just extraordinarily interesting to narrate the experience of Russians moving between the Soviet world and then into whatever this strange kind of post-war environment that they found themselves in happened to be. And being able to recognize just like how dramatically different adult life can appear to people under different political contexts and different regimes, I think is important. And and if we're in it, if we're moving into an era where that ends up being self-conscious, that we we recognize that there is a kind of diversity of different ways that people are going about it, I, I think that that's I, th- I think that there there are reasons to be optimistic about that era. See, maybe this is where I'm I'm less optimistic because I don't think there's that's a I don't think that's a stable equilibrium ever. Uh, I think that that kind of acknowledgement of pluralism is on a global scale is unsustainable. I just don't think that that works, and that's that's where I come at this whole sort of domination of man over man as being the primal thing. Again, it's my it's my it's my prior, and maybe there is a you know global enlightenment where we can recognize such things. I don't see that, and that's why I, I keep focusing on you know on this particular conflict. Put aside the human misery. Put aside you know uh, the outrage we feel on a personal level when we see helpless people, children getting bombed in schools, and think beyond that in in basically just a struggle. Uh, between what is, I think, a very reckless and uh, destructive of its own people uh, and threatening to us uh, regime and just pushing it back, uh, pushing it back for its own sake for that. And, you know, I, the, what, what, what I, I, you know, the way you put it there, Sam, I think it undersells your essay because I think your essay still ends on this question of, of, uh, of meaning. And uh, I think we are witnessing the death of this idea that the American idea is going to be universal. It, its limits are being tested. Maybe we're not seeing the, I wouldn't say necessarily we're seeing the, the, the end of the messianism that Shadi wants for us. Uh, perhaps even the opposite, as Shadi was just saying, maybe it'll get revived now in a certain kind of, you know, proto-Manichaean uh, struggle, at least on the popular level. And maybe that's fine, even as Shadi argued in this Atlantic piece. Um, but at least for my purposes uh, and for the purposes of what should be done next, I, 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 I do push back on this idea that, that you know, a kind, of, um, a kind of pluralistic equilibrium for the world is, is likely. I don't see that at all. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a really interesting question. One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is the question about the parallel to ancient Rome where you had a single hegemon. And, you know, there have been a lot of different periods of history of whether you do have a single hegemonic power or not. And I mean, there there is something to be said for the the idea that periods where you do have that seem to be relatively more stable and more peaceful than than some others. Um, I th- I think that the the point that I would want to emphasize though is that, um, uh, you know, the the sense of having um, finitude in a great power like the U.S. is and will remain. It seems like for 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 you know like for this century. 
um is not is not necessarily a bad thing like that the the you know the primary strands of international order will still i think run through us power but in but if the us is more self-conscious about its own uniqueness in that role it can have i think a very different kind of approach than simply assuming its its own rules as as the necessary rules it and i think it actually makes it strategically more agile rather than less agile. If it's if it's looking at the situation in Ukraine, for example, and recognizing the the possibilities of calculating in in a way that's ca- that can be catastrophically um, devastating, like nuclear war, that it does end up having a very different kind of thought process instead of the kind of complacency that I think has defined a lot of the unipolar moment. Shadi, this is Bidenism and Obamaism put in a in a nicer in a nicer term do you recognize no, it no do you do you not recognize it i would never equate anything sam says with obama <laughs> or biden you recognize though the echoes that 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 like obama and really biden now that he's in power they should have sam over at the oval office to tell him about this it wouldn't be a bad idea and i would definitely support that if they want to invite him to the to the white house yeah. for like a little Tea or coffee, but you you would but bring, but on the substance some, cho- some chocolates back yeah, <laughs> but uh, but on the substance though, Shadi. No, come on, I I don't like I I like what Sam said. You do. Well, what do you hate about Obama? Wait, come on, Tamir, what are you trying to do here? No, I don't. I mean, I I'm trying to I'm trying to tease <laughs> out because I think I think I I give I push back against Sam. I just don't think that's sustainable. I think that the error in Obama's ways is that he thought there was a sustainable equilibrium in this. You come at it from a different and a much more moralized stance, that this is not what we are as Americans. Obama abandoned uh, America's mission to you know, do the right thing in the world. Uh, Obama was hamstrung by a sense of limitations, an overstated sense of limitations to America's uh, you know, perhaps not fully limitless, but much more capacious power for good in the world. And Sam's saying the opposite of that. So I just want to tease you out on that no, a little well, bit. Not to, but not, Sam's to, argu- mm. not to have you fight Sam, but just to tease you out but on look, this. Sam's argument goes both ways. The perception of our own finitude can be interpreted either in a more, I don't love the word because I, I, like proto-messianic direction versus mm-hmm. one that is much more Obamian that is about self-limitation. Mm-hmm. So I think finitude is an important organizing principle in individual lives and the lives of nations and would-be empires like perhaps ours is or was. Um, And I just think there's different ways to approach that finitude. I think that to be aware that we're going to be in a multipolar world, to be aware that the U.S. will no longer be the sole hegemon should gird our loins and should... uh, (laughs) Should should set fire upon our loins. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go on. But do you see where I'm? I mean, that that's how I would take Sam's basic um, instinct or or kind of observation there. Yeah, I know I, that's not think, what he just said, but I think it's a basis for being more confident in the world in in, in certain ways. I mean, I you know, it's interesting thinking about the like sort of French model where. France has like a very strong national identity, um, which makes it both have certain liabilities, uh, certainly as it's kind of playing out its foreign policy, but it does have a pretty constellated center in that, in that sense. And I, I think a world in which 
there is a kind of recognition of certain places of specificity within within nations ends up also being one in which particular nations can act with more confidence rather than less. Mm-hmm. Granted, well, I mean, a lot of the implications of this argument undermine some of my commitments domestically because, you know, I don't, I'm suspicious of consensus and unity. To be a proto-Messianic force, we'd probably need to have some degree of agreement that that's a good thing or our elites would have to agree on that. But maybe how I would get out of that little conundrum is I would say that on a very high level in terms of America's mission abroad, more consensus might actually be a good thing. If more people move in that direction, great. And that actually gives us more room in our domestic struggles, our domestic debates about about what's happening within our own borders, that we can direct more of our disunity in that direction. So I guess it just sort of complicates the narrative that, um, so unity can be good. And I, I know that I shouldn't be saying that because I've been a very vocal opponent of the idea of consensus and unity, but I think there's different levels of analysis and maybe, yeah, anyway, it's sort of, I think that's probably clear, but um, there is a tension certainly in my in my argument because as someone who, you know, loves intellectual pluralism, if you have this kind of unfettered intellectual and ideological pluralism in a country as vast as America, then it will probably, by definition, be difficult to have an animating mission abroad. And that's always, I think, been a tension in my work. And it, I, I won't deign to resolve it right now. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good place. We've been going for, even with uh, that little interruption we had, which our audience won't know about because it'll be edited out, uh, I think uh, about an hour and a half. Um, obviously, none of yeah. this is going to get resolved. Uh, Sam, any final thoughts where, where we've ended all up on all this? No, I mean, I, I actually think, like, what I think is so interesting about this conversation, I think in contrast to many others, is that we are playing on a lot of first principles. So the, you know, we're, I think, sort of the, the, the world as a whole is being confronted with a very new situation and one that they're, they're having to calibrate to. And in, in some sense, I think, um, you know, the, this kind of reflection, like trying to work out how civilizations as a whole work and whether, like how you want them to work, what what are the goals that we should have, seem to me to be, that task seems to me to be totally essential for then how we would go about making decisions about action. And the stronger that we can get at this kind of skill, I think I think the better. Agree, agree. All right, Sam, Amen. thanks for joining us. This was good. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Bye.